today on CityCast Madison. All eyes and ears are on next week's election. Next Tuesday, April 4th, Wisconsinites will decide the balance of power on our Supreme Court, which will likely soon weigh in on major political issues like abortion and voting rights. Jeff Mayers, president of WISPolitics.com, an online political news service in Madison, joins us to give us the latest on the race. It's Monday, March 27th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Bianca. How are you? I'm good. It's nice to see you. Yes, I'm in better shape than I was last Me time. too. <laughs> Speaking about, you know, people and how, what shape they're in, that was quite a debate that we saw for the Supreme Court race. Would you say there's a front runner in the race at this point? Well, first off, let's just let me go with the tenor of the debate. I mean, this was the one and only debate. Uh, elections April 4th for an open seat on the Supreme Court. Whichever side wins will tilt the balance of the Supreme Court. Often uh, judicial debates are rather dull affairs with judges and justices and candidates saying, I can't say that because it might come before the court. Uh, this debate and this this whole campaign shows that that old tenant is out the window. These are highly charged political campaigns. The stakes are very high. Candidates are staking out positions uh, that appeal to the electorate, uh, you know, and especially the liberal candidate, Judge Milwaukee County Circuit Judge Janet Pertusiewicz, and uh, you know she has staked out clear positions on abortion rights and redoing the legislative maps. And uh, her opponent, former conservative justice Daniel Kelly, says, you know, that's wrong. That she shouldn't be tipping her hat. They have to decide things by the law. And Protosewitz's answer to that is, uh, well, I will decide things by the law, but I'm allowed to say what my personal opinion is. So th- this is a new sort of stage. And then the harsh accusations between the candidates, this is a spring election, but it sure felt like a November election. I agree. Now, is there a front, is there a front runner? I think, yes. I think across the board, operatives agree that Protosewitz is the front runner, in part because her side is spending, outspending the Kelly side about two to one. You know, there's been an enormous amount of spending in this race. Democrats have been uh, better at getting it and helping their candidate. She has been proven to be a a very robust fundraiser herself. Uh, You know, our count at wispolitics.com is $33 million. That's an at least number, $33 million uh, spent in this race so far. That just demolishes the old national record of 15 million in an Illinois race in 2004. Traditionally, political parties are not directly involved in judicial races like this. Like, how influential have the political parties been in this campaign? They're influential. They, you know, the Republican Party uh, helped make the conservative Supreme Court that we have today. It was a national and state effort to gain control of Supreme Courts. And they did that, conservatives did that in 2008. And, you know, it was a, a partisan affair. There may have been some blurred lines. Uh, but it was a partisan affair. And now Democrats in the last few cycles have matched that. But the Democratic Party in Wisconsin is a fundraising titan among state parties, and especially compared to the state of the GOP here now. And so Ben Wickler, the 
the state chair uh, who's running again for state chair. He's had an enormous influence on this race. He happened to be at the debate. These candidates aren't labeled D or R, but in essence, they're D and R. What's the impact of national money in the race so far? Well, that's why we got to $33 million spent so far. I mean, it's a national race. It's it's, uh, one of the few national races at this time of year. It's uh, coming before you know, a crucial U.S. Senate race here, Tammy Baldwin's up, a crucial presidential race. The Republican National Convention is coming uh, to Milwaukee next year. Wisconsin's a, a purple state, a presidential battleground state. All these things combine, again, with the abortion rights issue, and we're going to talk more about that. All that combined to make this a high-spending national profile race, and that's why we're break demolishing the records. Yeah. I do um, want to talk about the issues, like you said, and you pointed out that, you know, Judge Janet Protasiewicz has come out as openly pro-choice. She says, this is a value of mine. The candidates really have shown or are taking different approaches and how they're talking about the political issues like abortion. How is that playing out so far for them? Okay, so she's out there on this issue in her ads and in interviews and in debates. She's unabashedly pro-abortion rights. Now, she's, she has a cautionary tale. Could, she, could there be a scenario, she was asked in an interview recently, in which she would not go on that side? And she said, well, yes, you know, decide things by the law and everything. But, you know, there's a case out there that was filed by Governor Evers and Attorney General Josh Call trying to overthrow the 1849 law that is now in effect. So that's in the court system. And uh, that's very likely to come before the Supreme Court. And I think we'd all be shocked if Janet Protasiewicz is a justice and she doesn't side with her three other liberal colleagues. Cause, and she has their endorsements. Correct. I think that's the dominant issue. The party and the pro Protasiewicz uh, forces are, they're really working college campuses hard on this issue. You know, they're trying to get the attention of young women. Um, you know, I saw a postcard the other day. I'm just going to read from it here. This was this is a handwritten postcard that's going out and, you know, from volunteers. It came from out of state and it says the 1849 abortion ban needs to go. Vote for Janet Protasiewicz for Wisconsin Supreme Court to restore and protect our freedom. Voting starts March 21. Go to myvote.wi.gov. Election day is April 4. I got that one too. Right. Are you getting texts? I mean, I'm getting daily texts. This is at a level of a the U.S. Senate race and the governor's race in terms of the tactics. The overall spending won't be as high. The turnout will be high, but probably you know not as high as that or a presidential race. But these are fall election style tactics and outreach. Do we know Kelly's position on the 1849 abortion ban? No, he's more of a traditional candidate. He doesn't want to say outright, but it's clear from the endorsements, right? She's endorsed by Planned Parenthood. He's endorsed by anti-abortion groups. It's clear where they think it will go. And so he doesn't say he's pro-abortion rights. He says, I think in the debate, he said, you don't know what I'm thinking on that uh, abortion ban. And she said, well, I think it's clear you're where you stand. I wish they had asked him what his values, because I, I would want to know. You would want to know what his what his values are, right? The same question that uh, was posed, and that wasn't flipped. 
Yes. Um, well, debates uh, can only uh, uh, go so far. They have both done a lot of interviews. And I think in addition to the debate, the debate's value is they're side by side at the same time and you can do an instant uh, check. But, you know, if you look at the record and what they say and look at the ads and everything, I think you can draw a pretty good picture of where these candidates, how they'll act on the court. And we know that uh, Kelly was a, you know, he's a former justice. So uh, we have a pretty clear voting record there, if you will. Do you have a sense of whether being a traditional candidate will work in this race? I think that's out the window. I mean, um, one of the Democratic candidates who lost in a previous cycle, Lisa Neubauer, lost to Brian Hagedorn. Hagedorn's on the court now. He's a conservative, but he sometimes votes with the liberals on big issues. And he's not just a, a lockstep conservative, although he is conservative. But he beat Lisa, Lisa Neubauer. That was a surprise. Lisa Neubauer ran a very traditional race, you know. Uh, well, she didn't stake out clear ideological positions, and then she lost. Again, I think we're setting not just setting spending records; we're setting a new way that Supreme Court races will be run, and and what Supreme Court candidates will say, and how far they'll go. It's March, folks, and in case you forgot, we live in Wisconsin. Although it's been an unusually warm winter, we can't guarantee we won't get more storms with challenging road conditions. Attorney Z. Usman with Usman Law wants to remind you of some of the winter rules of the road to help keep you safe. So remember, accelerate and decelerate slowly. Don't follow any car too closely. Avoid using cruise control, steer in the direction of a skid, and don't stop when going up a hill. If you are in an accident, call attorney Z. Usman. He's handled hundreds of insurance claims and can ensure you get everything you are owed. There are no upfront costs and no fee unless he is successful. Also, pro tip, don't negotiate with the insurance company on your own. Go visit madisonaccidentlawyer.com to schedule a free call with attorney Usman. What are the candidates saying about crime? Well, yes, we've seen the ads. Both sides are running negative ads, okay? I mean, they're harshly negative ads. And Kelly brought that up in the debate repeatedly that there was a case that Protosewicz decided as a judge in which uh, she uh, gave a light sentence to a, a rapist. That came up, yeah, a lot. She was- she, right, right, right. Okay, she's a court, she's a circuit court judge. He's never been a circuit court judge. So he doesn't have the same level of this happened in your court. But she really wanted to push back on this idea that she's soft on crime. That's the message from the ads and from the accusations uh, that she's soft on crime. She's a former prosecutor. She stressed that. She says she has a, a full record to show that she is not soft on crime, that they're cherry picking the cases. But yes, that's what happens in ads ads cherry pick the worst and uh, bring it out. You know, and to Kelly's point, uh, he's always saying, uh, you know, she's lying about him in, in the ad. She called him a, uh, you know, a huge threat to democracy because he consulted with the then state Republican Party chair on the fake elector scheme. You know, he downplays that. So, yeah, they both have their ammo and there's a lot of negative ads out there. How do, how do, how do people sort it out? Again, the motivations here are more like, a fall election. 
they're motivated by big ideological issues. And I think that that's what's going to decide this race. It did stand out to me how many times Kelly brought up the cases around rape or giving it what he was saying, an easy sentence to um, a a rapist. And it it occurred to me, might he be trying to appeal to women through that? Yes, I think that that is part of the tactic. I mean, Republicans power in the color counties around Milwaukee, the very conservative color counties around Milwaukee has been eroding. And we saw that in the fall election. So, you know, where I'm talking about the wild counties primarily, Waukesha, Ozaukee, and Washington counties, very conservative, some of the most conservative areas in the country. And that they, they delivered for statewide Republican candidates over the years. But that has been, you know, the Trump factor has eroded that. And now the abortion issue uh, has eroded that. Tim Michaels, who lost to Tony Evers, was both pro-Trump and anti-abortion rights. Where Republicans think they're losing those voters is with, uh, they're losing female voters. That's their analysis. And so, yes, I think that to combat some of that is to appeal to women who are shocked by a sentence like that. I think it has its influence, but this is such a partisanized race Again, it's a Democrat versus a Republican, essentially, in a lot of people's minds. The Dane County is going to be huge in this, right? And Republicans really have sort of abandoned Dane County, so they don't even get a sliver in past years. They would get enough votes out of Dane County to, to help balance it out. If you do well in Dane County, you're, gonna, you're, you're on the path to victory. Are there any issues that the candidates agreed on? Yeah, there's uh, two things. There's a, a bail issue on the, on the ballot to change the Constitution to allow different considerations for bail. And so both candidates endorse that. That stems from the uh, Waukesha uh, City uh, Christmas Parade tragedy in which the person convicted of that had a low bail. If that constitutional amendment passed, then that would become part of the constitution. So that's a big deal. The other thing they agreed on was that uh, justices should be elected. You know, a lot of people say, well, why are we electing these judges? Look at the mess. Look at the spending. Look how parsonized these uh, uh, people are. They should be uh, more neutral, right? And uh, other states have a system for appointing justices. Uh, But both of them said that they thought it was um, that electing judges to uh, 10-year terms uh, was, uh, was the right thing for this state. I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was really um, worth consideration because of the tenor of of the campaign so far. Just thinking about an impartial judiciary, you know, and... So for you, it's a turnoff that they're so partisan. Personally, it was. And maybe that was even a little surprising to myself. But I was like, ugh, these are judges. uh, (laughs) It's getting getting nasty. Yeah, now, I think that... Kelly, like he, he, again, he's running a more old style race, which is why Republicans were, many Republicans were trying to get Doro as the candidate instead of him, because they thought she'd be a better statewide candidate in this environment. But he makes the case, I think, uh, whether implicitly or explicitly, that a judge can run for office and then once elected can just look at the law and make decisions based on the law. And I think that uh, that's sort of like uh, all journalists are unbiased and we can have, you know, so I mean, for many people, this is not a, they don't get that. They think it's, it's impossible. 
I don't think it's impossible with judges or with journalists. But yes, I think that, you know, for many people, that just simply does not ring true. What are each of the campaign strategies for motivating voters to get to the polls? Conservatives are saying there's going to be a liberal takeover of the court. Watch out. I think that's one of the appeals on the uh, Republican side. They're trying not to talk too much about the abortion issue in, in um, the state legislature. There was a, um, a telling moment of the assembly Republicans with a few Senate Republicans introduced a bill to have some exceptions on the abortion issue because the 1849 law is so strictly anti-abortion. And the Senate Republicans basically said, no way, we're not doing that. So there's no cover, I guess, for the, the Kelly on this issue. So I think they're trying to talk about what happens if the liberals do take over the court, not just abortion rights, but uh, the remaking of the legislative maps, uh, maybe even uh, overturning right to work and Act 10. I don't know whether the court would ever do that. Things have to come before the court. They can't just decide it. But, you know, Democrats aren't, they're talking about primarily redistricting and abortion rights as the issue motivators. I mean, there's certainly politics involved. It's like, okay, you know, Republicans have held the court since 2008. Now it's our turn. The other thing is the looming 2024 presidential race and voting rights and how will votes be counted and will it be easy for disabled people to go and vote. All those three things are motivators for Democratic voters in Dane County and elsewhere. What are you paying attention to in the final days of this election? So early voting's begun. Do you get a sense for maybe the breadth of the turnout? You don't know that who they're turning out for. In Dane County, you assume they're blue. In Ozaki County, you assume they're red. I would look at where the turnout is coming in early voting in college campuses, places where they have college campuses. Jeff, thank you so much for talking to us today. This is an important one, so I appreciate you giving us all the the deets. Okay, well, go to wispolitics.com for more as we get to the April 4th election. Absolutely. Thank you. That's Jeff Mayers, veteran political journalist and president of wispolitics.com. Early voting has begun and is available through the end of this week. Madison has over two dozen early voting sites, so we'll throw a link with the details in our show notes. And for more election day details, check out myvote.wi.gov. And here's what else Madison's talking about. Hackers. Apparently, we experienced the first ever cyber attack on our court system last week. That's what our state court director told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He said it was a denial of service attack, meaning the network was bogged down, so it might have been hard to file or access online records. He says no data was breached and no courtrooms were disrupted. Officials are investigating. And there's another Madison mayoral debate happening tonight, March 27th. It's hosted by Channel 3000 and The Cap Times. That's at 7 p.m. and you can stream it on either outlet's website. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoy the show, why not tell a friend who has a strong sense of justice to subscribe to our show? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Until then, go vote. <laughs>